Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. So uh, we won't read it out together because we just read, but we have a, our mission statement here that we launched this past spring. Uh, within, those mission, within that mission statement, you can go to the next slide, there are four values there uh, that we see. When you think about these four values, there's a progression to them. There's a reason why we want to be transformed by Jesus. It's not just to be nice people. It's not just to you know, hold doors for people when they go through. We want to be transformed by Jesus so that we can be empowered, so that eventually we can uh, advance the kingdom of God together as a unified family. So what I want to talk about today is one of those purposes of advancing the gospel. And I believe that he does send us out so that we would bring people in. We talk about praying with people out in public. We talk about ministering to people, but part of that also is inviting them to be a part of the family of God that you are a part of. But there is a progression. There's a reason why uh, we're transformed by Jesus. Uh, even these past, uh, this, these past few days, I've had the opportunity to be down in Pittsburgh for different reasons. And uh, the first time we were down there, I was down with, with Anthony Brock, one of our school board members. He's unable to be here, our interim uh, youth leader as well. And uh, we walked, walked past this one lady who had prosthetics uh, from her knees down and she was asking for money, and then this other guy was, he was irate, and he's screaming, and we didn't know what was going on, and Anthony and him started talking, and eventually he had a heart for this lady who nobody was stopping for, and I'm not saying that everybody who asks for money is in need, and what I'm saying is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and we were able to go there. I was so proud of Anthony, and we, we both got to minister to, but he, I mean, he preached the gospel, ministered to this lady, blessed her financially. We got to pray with her, got to pray with the guy who was irate, and this guy was obviously not sober when we interacted with him, and by the time we were done ministering to him, he was smiling, and you could see he was making connection with our eyes, but uh, just the clear questions of, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Did, you know, do, do you know that there's a God who created you and has a purpose for your life? And even to be able to minister, he prayed for, for her legs to be healed, and she looked at us and rolled her eyes like, what is this guy praying for? But you'll actually never see that happen unless you pray for it, Amen. So if we want to see bigger breakthrough than we've ever seen, and we want to advance the kingdom with God more than we ever have, then we actually have to pray for bigger things than we've ever seen and experienced. So just yesterday, we were back down, back down in Pittsburgh again. I actually saw the lady from afar that we saw just a few days back, and there were plenty of people that were asking for money. I saw this one young boy that was sitting there. We came to learn that his name was Colton. It was me and my three boys, and we uh, just passed him up, and, and the Lord was like, again, there's plenty of people, but the Lord just highlighted uh, this mom and this son. You know, it was just like this real quick unction. So we passed him up, and I stopped my boys maybe 50 feet away, and I was like, I cannot move further. You know, the, the, I have to go back. So we went back and talked, and again, we just talked about, do you know that there's a God who created you that has a purpose for your life? Do you know about this man named Jesus who is the only way to have peace with God? And again, they said they've, they, they've known about him and they said they knew him, so I didn't want to press that, but had the opportunity uh, not just to bless them financially, but to pray for this boy who uh, the mom said that he had a stroke whenever he was first born and now has a, uh, several different issues with the health. And we got done praying and then she was like, well, can you pray that we can have housing? So we talked to her a little bit more and prayed for her and blessed her. And this is like everyday life. This is what every Christian uh, has the opportunity to do. As we can't look at these people uh, that, are, that are on the side of the road or look at people in your workplace or look at people in your school as a threat to your Christianity. We can't look at them as an inconvenience to your schedule. The Lord oftentimes was headed one place and was stopped. 
We could say, we don't have time, we're gonna be late for a meeting, but he stopped time and time again to minister uh, to those needs. And that's part of asking Jesus to transform us, not just for ourselves, but so that we can advance the kingdom of God each and every day of our lives. Even over these 12 weeks, you know, when we, when we talked about uh, the Holy Spirit, we explored the Holy Spirit. And when I thought about it, it's like that would be the greatest uh, missed opportunity over this summer if we've missed the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit transform us from the inside out. You know, we, we would miss that opportunity of him being the Holy Spirit, that we would be uh, refined for his glory. Or if we've missed opportunities even to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, to ask Jesus to fill us more and more with his Holy Spirit. These are opportunities that we've had you know, throughout, the, throughout the entire uh, last 12 weeks. And that's my hope and prayer is that we don't, we're not like done with the Holy Spirit. right? We ask him again every day, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Start here, transform me, refine me, renew me, make me into the image of Christ more than I ever have been before. But not just for me. We want it to be for other people so that they would see our good works and they would give the Father the glory. And they would thank the Father because of something you've done in their lives. I was thinking about this and, and just camping out for how long we have on the Holy Spirit. It's one of my greatest concerns of, uh, as being a pastor, if not the greatest concern, is that after all of the years of preaching and ministering, there would be people that still aren't transformed. There'd be people that came in for you know, 90 minutes a week, and they hear a good lesson and they sing some songs and they leave untouched, unchanged. It's a great concern in my heart if we come to this just as a gathering place out of religious tradition, instead of saying there is power in the word of God. Even if the sermon doesn't relate directly to where you are, there's power in his word. So you take when it's being preached and you take when we're singing to the Lord and let it come and pierce your heart. There's an aggression that has to be there, a passion that has to be developed in your own life for this thing to actually affect your heart. And then from it affecting your heart, it can affect your life, your everyday life. And when you begin to allow God's word to affect your everyday life through the power of the Holy Spirit flowing, you will affect the lives of other people. So I believe he does. He empowers us to send us out to share this message of the gospel without forcing people to convert. We're not, we're not converting to our religion, right? We're standing up for Jesus. We're living a life of Jesus and we want them to follow the same God that we follow. Amen? One of the easiest ways to do that, even coming off of this Holy Spirit series, one of the easiest ways to do that is by inviting them into the family of God. So maybe some of you, you're not ready just to share your faith. Maybe some of you aren't ready to, to, to talk about what God's done in your life, in your workplace, or in your neighborhood. A very simple way to do that is by asking a question that will be on the screen. It's a very simple question. Would you be interested in coming to church with me this Sunday? Do you know that one question can be the difference between hell and heaven for somebody? And again, our primary purpose here to meet together is a body of believers to come together to worship the Lord, to pray together, to give and to receive ministry, right? To hear the preaching of God's word, to be built up, to go and advance the kingdom. So our anticipation is that each person that calls Central their home will be equipped to do kingdom ministry right where God has already placed them. But every week we come together for that purpose, 
but we want to make space for non-believers, right? We want to make space for people to come in to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we haven't pushed invitation even very hard these past few years since I've become the lead pastor. I feel like the Lord wanted to mend some things up, give us a solid foundation of where we're going. We wanted to establish our mission, our values, and so on. But I want to create that space for you to begin being used by God. And if you just can't breach any other subject, if you're not willing or not able to say, can I pray with you? What's going on? I feel like the Lord's saying this to you. And this question, would you be interested in coming to church with me this Sunday? And you bring them into an opportunity where they might receive or they will receive encouragement. They might receive a prophetic word from somebody else. They'll see how you worship, right? They'll be infected in the best of ways of what could possibly happen in their lives. Now, what we're gonna do starting in two weeks is we're actually gonna have a series. Uh, it's called Craving Hope. It's gonna start September 16th and it's gonna go through October 21st. I do believe that everybody craves something, right? You might crave chocolate, that would be on my list. Maybe you crave coffee, maybe you crave ice cream. Maybe you crave some extra sleep. Maybe you crave a healthy relationship. Right, everybody craves something. And I started to think about like, at the root of all of those cravings is actually hope. It's, we're, we are, we're hoping that the ice cream's gonna satisfy us. We're even hoping that some sleep is gonna satisfy us or fulfill us. We're even hoping that this relationship is gonna satisfy us. But at the end, every single one of those things is gonna disappoint us eventually in life. So we believe that there are lost people, people that are unchurched, people that have been hurt by the church that are living in these surrounding communities that are craving hope. They just don't know how to define it yet. They're looking, they're looking for it through jugs and sex and relationships and so on. But I believe at the root of that is hope. So what we're going to do, I want you to pray this week about somebody in your life that's craving something, that's having a difficult time in life right now. And we're gonna give away invitations next week and we're gonna spend six weeks. We're gonna take six prophecies from the book of Isaiah that's looking forward to Jesus' coming. And we're gonna look at what, what Isaiah predicted and then we're gonna look at how it manifested through Jesus' life and how he fulfilled the deepest craving of people's souls. We're gonna give an altar call every single week. We're gonna pray for healing every single week, but I need you to partner with me. I'm gonna personally invite people and I want you to invite people that you know are unchurched. There are people who are hurting, tapped out, stressed out, marriages falling apart, and they need Jesus. And I would have expected more than one amen from that. <laughs> Do you know the people around you need Jesus? I think sometimes the conviction that if they're separated from God and what's going to happen to them for eternity needs to hit our heart just a little bit harder to understand the grace of God upon our lives and what would have happened to us if his forgiveness didn't flow through us. I think after that hits our heart, we're gonna see people just a little bit differently and invite them into life with us and invite them into relationship and invite them to come and hear about this man named Jesus that Isaiah had no clue who he was prophesying about, but the Messiah that would one day come. In Isaiah chapter six, before he was called, before Isaiah, I just want to touch on a few of these, these scriptures here. Isaiah had a vision of the Lord. I'm not going to get into all this right now, but it talks about his robe filling the temple. And it was this glorious vision that Isaiah had. And after seeing these angels and hearing them crying out, holy, 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 he says in verse five, he says, it's all over. This is the New Living Translation. I'm doomed from a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. 
Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. He had a revelation of the glory of God. So even though he knew of his sinful ways and he knew he had gotten attached to the same things that the people of Israel had seen, he says, but I've seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. One of the seraphim came, one of the angels came. He flew with a burning coal and he had uh, taken from the altar with a pair of tongs and he touched Isaiah's lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Again, I'm not gonna get into all these details because of time today, but it says, now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Now watch this, this is a spiritual vision that he sees. He has the fear of the Lord. He's sensing the weight and the guilt of his sin. In one moment, there's a prophetic act of this cold touching his lips, saying that his sins are forgiven because he recognized himself as having a person of filthy lips. Immediately after that, this was not training. He didn't need encouragement from a pastor. He didn't go to a small group for a long time. Immediately after in this vision, he hears the Lord saying, whom shall I send as a messenger to the people? Who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. I love this. It's like we don't have to feel like we're, we're, we're some spiritual elite to be sent. We don't have to feel like we've been in this game too long or all these things that we've accomplished, right? God didn't say, well, Isaiah, because you've done this and this and this and this, you're qualified. Absolutely not. God came and approached him and chose to give him forgiveness and then said, who would go, right? He pursued Isaiah, but he didn't force Isaiah to go. Isn't that awesome? The Holy Spirit has pursued you until you say yes to him, but he's not gonna force you to go. So he says, who can I send as a messenger? Obviously, if you follow out the, the book of Isaiah, which we're gonna just touch on it over six weeks, you see Isaiah begin to preach a message of repentance and eventually a message that the Messiah was coming and eventually a message of restoration. But he chose to go. Right where he was, he chose to go because of one encounter with the Lord. And I think even for us, you know, we have to be ready to go. Even when you've had a bad morning and you show up and then someone starts to irritate you at work, even if you remember this phrase, here I am, send me. Make me sensitive to your Holy Spirit that I would say something that somebody can give glory to God because of the good works that I do this day. Somebody I can pray for, somebody that I can encourage, somebody that I can share with, somebody that I can bless in a tangible way to show that I follow the true king. You know, one of the areas that we're talking about even for this, these upcoming weeks is to go out to invite somebody. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus is talking about, uh, he's talking to his listeners, he's saying, listen, when you host a banquet, don't go to the people that can repay you. Go and invite people that can't give back to you. And then he begins to tell a story in verse 16. He says, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations with the, when the banquet was ready, he sent out his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. How many of you know God's preparing a banquet for us? He's preparing a great, great banquet for everybody who receives that invitation. And yes, we're his servants and we're also his friends and we're his children and so on, but we're being sent out to invite other people into this banquet. Do you understand that? It's part of the reason why you've been transformed. Connect with me just a little bit today. I know it's running late, it's all right. <laughs> We've been transformed to do something that's beyond ourselves. It's not just so we could sit there in his glory all the time. Yes, our prayer time is good. Yes, private worship time is good. Reading the word is absolutely needed. And it is for a greater cause to invite more people to the banquet. 
in this parable that Jesus was telling, it says that this man goes out and he heard excuse after excuse. Guess what? When you start to engage people and invite them to church, you'll hear the same exact thing. That's okay. Don't give up. So one guy says, hey, listen, I just bought property. I have to inspect it, right? You will see people that are far from God. The ownership of their stuff consumes them at times. Don't judge them because of that. You still offer that invitation. You still go to minister to them. Verse 19, somebody else says, I just bought five pairs of oxen. I have to go try them out. Listen, that talks about our work, our career, our ambition, everything that we think we should be doing instead of the priorities that we should be doing. Then in another sentence, it says, excuse me. Another said, uh, I just have gotten married, so I can't come. And many times, People that are closest to the unchurched and the lost will actually try to get them to not come. They'll get them to stay away. Well, I don't know if you should be hanging around that guy. He seems a little bit weird. I don't know if I want to go down to that church. I'm not sure you should let him pray with you. And there'll be people that try to distract those that are close to you, but you should still pursue them. In verse 21, it says, the servant returned. He told his master what they'd said. His master was furious and he says, well, go quickly into the streets and the alleys. Invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. In your life, these are the people that are struggling with issues. They might not be crippled or blind or lame, but I would encourage you to look for people that are in three different areas of your life and they'll be listed up there. People that are in transition, people that are in trial, and people that are in tension. So if you think about transitions, maybe they've recently moved, maybe they've changed jobs, maybe they, they just ended or began a relationship, maybe their kids are going to school for the first time. These are people that are open to receive ministry in more than other times of life. People that are in trial, maybe they're in a financial crisis, maybe they have a disease that they just can't get a hold of, maybe their relationships or their marriage is just a wreck. It's a time where the Lord is softening their hearts. And if we're not the ones that are going to say, here I am, send me, there might not be one other person in their life that's willing to do that. So we have to, under, I understand that God is the God of second chances, and he's going to let us learn and grow in these, but we do have to wear just the weight of that healthy conviction that he has placed the spirit of God inside of you to manifest his glory in other people's lives. Right, so it's not a guilt thing. It's not, uh, uh, you're not being forced to do it. It's just a great opportunity to demonstrate God's love to other people. So if you just ask, just look around and ask the Lord, show me somebody in transition. Show, show me somebody that has a trial in their life. Show me somebody that's in that point of tension. Maybe it's even something good like a, a big promotion, maybe an upcoming wedding. Look at, look at parents who now have their kids in sports. You will find a parent in a point of tension. Right? practices every day a week going five and six different directions. And you might think they're too busy to receive my prayer. You're, they're too busy to receive an invitation. They need Jesus. No matter how busy they are, they need Jesus. So what happens in verse 22? It says, after the servant had done this, he says, there is still room for more. So the, the, the banquet host the master says, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges. Some of your translations say the highways and the byways and urge anyone you can find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. And this is what we wanna do. We're, we're sending you out. I'm going out personally and we're sending you out to find people who are already in your life and to compel them to come in. 
We've taught this over and over and over again. This around these walls is not the church. You are the church. But we're gonna use very specific illustrations, examples, testimonies, and stories that relate to either young, unchurched adults or young married couples, people that are just going through a lot of things in their life. So we're gonna address it. And I believe our church body is gonna grow out of it, but we're gonna pray for a harvest during these six weeks. We're gonna pray every single week that people come to know the Lord, that people get touched in their bodies and their minds and so on and see what the Lord will do over these weeks. I wanna close with, with one other portion of scripture. In John chapter one, you know, we hear about Peter, right? Peter the apostle and everything that he did. And we often forget about Andrew, his brother. And in verse one, in verse 40 of John chapter one, it says, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. So Andrew finds Jesus and he begins to follow him. So then what does he do as a result? It says, Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah. How many of you know every single one of those prophecies from the book of Isaiah are prophesying about the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the only one that can fix these people's problems. It says, then Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. Say that, Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. He did something. He didn't just sit back and say, hey, my brother, I mean, he's lost and he doesn't know what's going on and I'll pray for him. No, you go and you pray with him and then you compel him to come in that the house of the Lord would be full, that he would know the righteous salvation of Jesus Christ. So looking intently at Simon, Peter said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will soon be called Cephas, which means Peter. So Andrew, he liked what he found. And his name was Jesus. And because of that, he was intentional about going to find someone who was close with him. It happened to be his brother. For you, it, it might be a neighbor. It might be a coworker. It might be somebody in your family. But he was actually intentional about bringing him to Jesus. And when he came to Jesus, what did Jesus do? He said, you dirty, rotten sinner. Did he do that? Did he call out anything even negative in his life? Absolutely not. What he did was he prophesied Peter's future. Do you see that, right? So Simon, he says, listen, Simon, you're going to be called, you will be called Peter, Cephas, Peter, which means rock. Later on, what does Jesus say? Upon this rock, I will build my church. So we see all of these exploits of Peter and all of this advancement of God's kingdom through Peter's life, and yet sometimes we forget that we're called to be Andrews. So if there was no Andrew inviting him, there may not have been a Peter. And if there was no Peter, maybe on the day of Pentecost, there wouldn't have been a sermon. If there was no sermon, maybe there wouldn't have been the 3,000 born again. If there weren't the 3,000 that were born again, where would the early church have been? And if the early church starts out weak, does generation after generation after generation doesn't hear, then where are we? So we celebrate the Peter, and yet Andrew's the one that said, you know what, this guy, my brother, needs Jesus. That's all, that's all we're asking to do in your own personal life to reach out and show people Jesus. But for these specific six weeks, we've never done this before since I've been a lead pastor, is just to bring them in, begin to think, who can I ask to come into the house of the Lord to receive encouragement, strengthening, to get built up, to get ministered to right where they are? 
to hear evidence of what was predicted long ago by the prophet Isaiah and how it actually came to be in the life of Jesus and how he's still manifesting himself through the Holy Spirit. Just maybe you'll see people that are closest to you give their life to Jesus in these upcoming weeks. You know, in my own story, I didn't have anybody invite me specifically to Central, but I'd never been in a church this size. I think, I think my mom and my sister and I visited one church, maybe in McKeesport, that was about this size one time. But I'd never been in a church like for, for church service, especially by myself, this size. And I remember walking right in here. Again, nobody invited me. I saw it in the phone book. You remember this? I remember walking here and I was, I was 21 years old, uh, graduated from college. I remember standing right here thinking, this is big. And I was nervous. And I just started walking down here. And there was one individual that was sitting, I don't know, maybe A9, maybe A10, just right in this area. There was one individual that did invite me. And this person asked me to sit with them. And at that point, I felt a little bit connected. All right, so then I sit with this person and after they invited me to come back. Are you going to come back next week? I said, probably. I was still nervous, big church. But they invited me to come into a place of comfort and then they invited me back. Well, this person ended up staying in touch with me throughout the weeks. This person actually ended up cooking for me throughout the weeks. And my mother was thankful for that. <laughs> but this person continued to stay in touch with me. I started thinking as I was writing this message, if this person doesn't invite me back to Central, then I might not come back. If it was just a big church and I feel disconnected, maybe I don't return. And if I don't return, then the Lord might not, I might not have given the Lord an opportunity to really, really fully commit myself back to the Lord, which happened right here uh, over a course of, of different services and so on. But significant change in my life following uh, some, of, some of the things even through college and so on. I just needed to rededicate my life. If I don't rededicate my life and I don't return to Central, then I don't meet my beautiful wife, Cherise, and I don't get married. If I don't fully dedicate my life because I didn't return, then I probably don't sense the calling to ministry. If I don't sense the calling to ministry, I don't respond to that. I don't take the courses. And I don't get to experience what we've, what we've had the opportunity and the blessing to experience these last 13 and a half years here. You know who that person was? That person was Rose Bonar in her mid-70s. I'm like 21 years old. She's in her mid-70s and she's like, she probably said, come here, sunny boy. She like talked like that. <laughs> and she just invited me in. So we think like, okay, well, we got to find somebody that's worth to completely well connect. No, 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 no. I was in a point of tension at that point, right? I'm standing there and I'm nervous. I don't care what your age is or your background. If you are just sensitive to the Lord, he will show you someone of any age, any background, somebody that you might be even uncomfortable going up to. Maybe you know them, you probably will, maybe you won't. But he'll point somebody out to you in these next few weeks that you'll be able to say, here I am, Lord, send me. And we ask you, advance the kingdom on your own. Be willing to pray and minister and share. And with that say, will you come with me? Will you be interested in coming with me this Sunday? I believe in, the, in, these two, in two weeks starting and through God's gonna do amazing things. All right, well, Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And in our hearts, Lord, I say, here I am, send me. And I pray, Father, across this congregation that each person is filled with the Holy Spirit, each person has received transformation in their own life would say that same thing. Here I am, send me. 
And God, I pray that we don't, we don't even have to look for the fireworks. We don't have to look for the, the, the big show. And even as we're walking past people who are in need, just like what happened this past week, and that your Holy Spirit would just give us the unction to stop and to turn around and ask people if they know Jesus. Ask them if we can pray. And Father, we believe that you are going to move. You're gonna move in your grace. You're gonna move in your forgiveness. You're gonna move through your love. You're gonna move through the miraculous. You're gonna move through the supernatural. You're gonna move through the prophetic, Lord. So Father, we, we expect and we look for the big and mighty things. And God, it might just be us buying an iced tea for the person at Walmart. Whatever it is, we wanna be sent by you and we wanna do what you're calling us to do. Father, I pray that you would highlight one person or two people over this next week. So when we gather together with these invitations and we pray over them, that Father, we will already know who you're calling us to invite and to minister to. But Father, today we make ourselves available to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.